Hey there, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 20 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Santamire, and I'm going to be your host. Today we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Pastor Seth Broadhurst, who's a pastor in Fairmont, West Virginia. And uh, my sister and brother-in-law and my nieces um, go to church at Southridge. And um, it was just great to have a conversation with Seth. Seth's a, a church planner, a pastor. He'll share a little bit about that in, in the interview at the same time, he's in the process of transitioning into Freedom in Christ Ministries. And um, just a great conversation with him about the value and the hope that we have in putting our identity in Christ. And Seth shares some open, honest, transparent um, stories of how it's impacted. Freedom in Christ has impacted him. And I know as a missionary, I've seen over the years, um, 20 years on the field, 19, probably 19 on the field, and uh, just seen people come and myself come. They maybe had some hurts, some hang-ups, some some habits that maybe I hadn't processed and hadn't dealt with and hadn't completely um, surrendered those to Christ. And then you get to the field and then all of a sudden um, they're, they're there and, uh, you know, you have to deal with them when you get there. And so Freedom in Christ Ministries, I believe, is something that we can um, that we can use. It's great resources. Talks about he has some resources he'll share. Um, I'll put in the show notes he sent after um, some steps for called Stronghold Buster and realizing that um, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. And the enemy does with those strongholds. How can we find freedom from those strongholds in Christ? He talks about the battle for our mind and how we can daily renew our mind, renew our mind in Christ and have that freedom to walk in that. And so just a great conversation with Pastor Seth. Enjoy um, spending time with him and getting to learn from him, excited for him as he moves into this new opportunity for the future. Do want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is uh, Dr. Sean Ricker providing advanced care and friendly service at Cumberland Optical. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Well, greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with a friend um, for many years, um, Pastor Seth Broadhurst. He said I could just call him Seth throughout the rest of the interview, but I wanted to introduce him properly. Seth, it's so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really, I really look forward to it. Seth, could you go ahead and introduce and just share a little bit about yourself um, for some of the audience and listeners that might not know you as well as I've got to know you over the last, um, yeah, many years? Sure, sure. Yeah, so I have been a uh, a pastor, uh, whether a lead pastor, an executive pastor, or a pastoral intern uh, for 20 years now. This is uh, 20 years in marriage with my wife Stacy and 20 years in professional ministry this wow. year. Uh, so we're celebrating both of those this summer. And, um, and uh, so I started off at our parent church uh, back in 2001 as a pastoral intern, took on uh, uh, organizational and administrative duties there, and ultimately began to manage and lead ministries there until uh, my wife and I and a small uh, team of people, including your sister and brother-in-law, <laughs> uh, planted a uh, church in Fairmont, West Virginia back in 2004. Yeah. And so uh, I've served as the lead pastor of Southridge Church in Fairmont, West Virginia uh, since that time. Wow. 
and uh, seen the church grow and uh, you've uh, thrived. And so it's been it's been great to watch watch it over the years. Seth, um, today we're going to be talking about freedom in Christ. And um, that's one thing is I've talked to um, Beth and Dave. And then um, when we had breakfast, uh, that would have been at Cracker Barrel uh, a year or two ago, probably two years ago, um, you were sharing about freedom in Christ. And you could just hear the passion and your voice uh, when you talk about freedom in Christ. Could you just show, share like a brief overview of what freedom in Christ is and um, yeah, why you it creates such a smile on your face and a passion in your heart? Yeah, absolutely. It is a passion of mine. Uh, so let's start at the 50,000 foot level. Uh, Jesus told his disciples to go and make disciples. And what that means uh, to me is that we aren't fulfilling the Great Commission if we become content with just making converts as great as they are. I'd like to explain that here for a moment. Uh, we're taught, obviously, in Luke chapter 15, that all of heaven breaks loose in celebration when just one person whose identity is that of a sinner repents and returns to God by putting their trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and receiving the free gift of salvation. That's outstanding, isn't it? Like, like I just love to ponder on the pictures that parables like the lost sheep, lost coin, and lost son provide us. But that's not the end of the transformational process. It's really just the beginning. So Freedom in Christ Ministries is a discipleship ministry founded by Dr. Neil T. Anderson in 1989, while he was serving as a professor of practical theology. And it aims to equip every believer to live free and fruitful in Jesus Christ by effectively dealing with anything that is hindering their relationship with God or that is getting in the way of their spiritual growth. My experience is that people who are living free and fruitful in Jesus Christ can't help but multiply themselves. Free people help to free people. So in equipping believers to live free and fruitful in Jesus Christ, we are also equipping the church to transform the nations. And that is what continues to get me out of bed in the morning. That's good. Now, what do we mean by living free and fruitful in Jesus Christ? Well, very briefly, what we have discovered through raw data, like uh, surveys and testimonials and things like that, is that many, many Christians read a verse like John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus says that he came to provide people with life and to provide it uh, to them abundantly. And they're thinking things, Aaron, they're thinking things like, that's not true of me. I'm not living a full abundant life in Jesus Christ. I might be doing, I must be doing something wrong. I'm failing at this thing called the Christian life or Christianity. And the condemning thoughts really go on and on. Uh, On top of that, many of us often do have something or multiple things in our lives that are hindering our relationship with God and our spiritual growth, and we know it. So as a ministry, we believe that if Jesus says that he came to give people abundant life, then he meant it. I mean, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and many verses like it, but Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 reads, For freedom, Jesus Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. He not only desires that every believer live free and fruitful in Jesus Christ, 
but it's entirely possible for us to do so. It's not like uh, God uh, commands us to do something and doesn't give us the means to do it. For sure. Uh, and so uh, we equip people to stand firm in their freedom so that they don't allow themselves to be enslaved again. And in our ministry, we talk about three T's. And those three T's are truth, turning, and transformation. Truth refers to focusing, uh, truth refers to focused teaching on how to live from our identities in Jesus Christ. We help people to understand that we are who God declares us to be, or we are who God says we are, even on our worst days. We want believers to know real life is about becoming more and more who God has already declared us to be in Christ. And so we teach quite a bit on a believer's true identity hmm. in Christ. We also equip people with all kinds of practical tools or practices that help them to choose to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, abide in Jesus, which from my standpoint, my understanding, those two things are virtually synonymous on a practical level. If you're walking in step with the Spirit, you're abiding in Jesus from a practical standpoint. They're, they're synonymous ideas. Um, but we also help them to renew uh, their minds. We help them to put on the whole armor of God so that they are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We also help them to handle their emotions in healthy and helpful ways. And we, ultimately, and, and, we ulti and we help them to ultimately relate well with others. So that's really the first T, the, the truth T. The next T is turning. And turning refers to the process of repentance or renouncing the things that are hindering our relationships with God and others, as well as our spiritual growth, and then returning to God by trusting him at his word. The primary tool that we use here uh, in this area of turning is called the Steps to Freedom in Christ. And I'm sure that uh, the two of us will be able to talk more specifically about that in a little bit. And then the final T is transformation. And that simply refers to what God does in and through us as we take personal responsibility for our part in, in our relationship with him and in the spiritual formation process. And so there's the three T's truth, turning, and transformation. And that, my friend, is our, our ministry at the 50,000-foot level. No, it's a, I know it's a, it's a broad question to ask and to have to answer it. Uh, but no, that really, uh, and you're right, we're going to get to the steps um, here in a minute. Um, Seth, you've been a pastor in a, in a local church for, as you shared, many years. Have you, how have you seen um, Freedom in Christ work um, to bring wholeness um, in a community of faith and in, in individuals' lives. Yeah, that is a that is a great question, and I, obviously, Aaron, I wouldn't be making the transition that I'm making in my ministry career right now if I wasn't super passionate about how um, uh, this discipleship approach really does bring wholeness to a community of faith. And so, as I see it, when we speak of freedom in Christ. We need to acknowledge that believers are freed from something and we are freed for or we are freed to something. And really just focusing uh, on one side of that coin isn't going to lead to the free and fruitful life in Christ. In Christ, we are freed from the law of sin and death. That's 
critically important, right? We can't speak of freedom in Christ until this has occurred by putting our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are also freed for or freed to real life, real relationships, and real purpose through a growing relationship with the Lord. And so freedom in Christ helps to bring wholeness to a community of faith by focusing on both aspects of freedom in the lives of individual believers who are facing unique attacks in their lives from the world system, their flesh, and the devil. It's a holistic approach in that way, and that's why in my role as a pastor, it's super attractive to me. The founder of the ministry, Dr. Neil T. Anderson, has often used the illustration of a banana and an onion to describe how people tend to experience their freedom and then walk in it. He notes that some people are like bananas. Once a peel is taken away, it's gone for good. You just throw it in the trash, it's gone. Yeah. Other people, though, are like onions. Uh, once a layer is removed, that layer is gone for good, which is great, but there's often another layer underneath that that God will lovingly seek to address in time. My experience is that most people are onions. I yeah. tend to be an onion. Yeah, for um, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why I believe it's beneficial to approach freedom in Christ through the lens of discipleship rather than through the lens of deliverance. Hmm. We do see people freed from all kinds of things. We see people freed from condemning thoughts and shame and fear and anxieties and perfectionism and habitual sin patterns like pornography and much more. This means that they are also freed to know and serve the Lord more, more fruitfully and be the best version of themselves in the place that God has them. As I said earlier, people who are free and fruitful in Jesus Christ can't help but multiply people who are also free and fruitful in Jesus Christ. And there isn't a Christian leader on the planet. Maybe you can speak into this. <laughs> there isn't a Christian leader on the planet who doesn't want to see love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness yeah. and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control multiplied yeah. from one person to another within their faith community yeah. and people freely sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word. And uh, I agree wholeheartedly. That's what we want to see um, and uh, to see that work out. Neil T. Anderson, did he write The Bondage Breaker? He did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. And so most of the, I don't know, not most of the literature, a lot of the listeners have read that book and uh, most of us have it in, a, in our library. So it's a, it's an excellent, excellent resource specifically for uh, the, when you're living and working overseas, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable one. Um, you talked about steps. Um, so what are the, what are the steps in, in, in freedom in Christ ministries? Sure. Yeah. Super uh, popular tool. Uh, in our ministry. Uh, so the steps really are uh, simply a biblically-based, time-tested, empirically proven method or tool for helping people overcome whatever is hindering their relationship with God and their spiritual growth through a gentle process of repentance and faith. I like to think of them as a tool that helps people get unstuck uh, you see, once a person has put their trust in Jesus and as a result has received the Holy Spirit, then we're told in Scripture that they have everything that they would ever need for life and godliness. That comes straight from 
2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. However, we still have fleshly thought patterns that we bring with us into our relationship with God. These thought patterns are often ruts in our lives, and the steps are a tool that helps us to overcome the ruts. And so the premise for the steps comes from James chapter 4, verse 7, which simply says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As such, it's a gentle process of following the Holy Spirit's prompting and taking personal responsibility to confess, repent, and renounce anything that is getting in the way of our walking in our spiritual freedom. Uh, there are seven steps that range from identifying lies that we have believed and then properly dealing with them to overcoming bitterness to areas of rebellion and pride in our lives, as well as habitual sin patterns that continue to keep us in bondage, even though the uh, the the jail, the door to the jail cell is wide open. A lot of times we find ourselves still hanging out in there uh, due to habitual sin patterns in our lives. And so this process of going through the steps can be done uh, in a group setting. It can actually even be done on your own. Like you can get your ha- you can get your hands on a steps booklet and just prayerfully go through it on your own. But we have found that it's often uh, most fruitful in a one-on-one prayer encounter format with the Lord and with the help of a trained encourager and prayer partner in the room. It's important to recognize that the steps themselves aren't an end. They aren't an end in themselves. They are often the beginning of a lifelong process of submitting to the Lord and resisting the schemes of our enemy. And so once a person has gone through the steps, it's important for them to continue in a life of discipleship to maintain and continue to gain freedom in their lives. I'm wondering, Aaron, if you uh, have a moment for me to share my personal testimony along these lines. Awesome. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. And so um, about, uh, oh, I lose track of time now, but five or six years ago, a Christian counselor friend of mine here uh, near me, uh, who's also on field staff with Freedom in Christ Ministries, uh, he asked me, uh, he had noticed, I think, on Facebook or uh, some other social media platform, some kind that that I had just had a birthday. And so he had determined, hey, hey, can I come in and walk you through the steps to freedom in Christ as a birthday present? Just clear your schedule. Give me your day and we'll do that together. And so we did that uh, early on December, uh, maybe five or six years ago. I cleared my schedule and he took me through the steps of freedom in Christ for my first time. And early on in the steps process, he quickly recognized in his experience that there was a stronghold in my life. And he, he thought that the spirit, he felt like the spirit was nudging him to uh, bring me to deal with that stronghold well before maybe we would get through it in the normal steps. And so he said, why don't we just flip to the back of this steps booklet? There's a section there with some prayers for specific strongholds in people's lives. And um, he pointed me to the prayer on perfectionism and drivenness. And I read the first two lines of that prayer and just lost it. I couldn't, I could mm. not say the prayer out loud. That's how deeply affected her, how deeply entrenched 
um, perfectionism and drivenness were in my life at the time that I couldn't even say the prayer out loud without losing it. Um, I just couldn't believe uh, that that what was being declared in the prayer, as far as truth goes, applied to me. Um, Aaron, perfectionism was uh, having such a negative impact in my life at the time. Uh, I remember it used to be, uh, here I am a church leader leading others, and um, and I would I would uh, prepare a message and preach a message on a Sunday morning, and it really wouldn't matter how good the message went in the eyes or the lives of others. Uh, it didn't matter how many times uh, people went out the door uh, telling me how the Lord used it to impact their life, or they gave me an attaboy, or whatever that level of encouragement was leaving. If I felt like I did not meet my own expectations in the deliverance of that message to the people, I would go into uh, 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 despair and depression, a three-day funk. It used Mm. to take me until the middle of Wednesday to come out of that funk if, uh, if, if I wasn't convinced that I had given it my best. I was entrenched in a stronghold of perfectionism and drivenness. And I can tell you that through the gentle process and the leadership of the encourager on that day, as I went through the steps of freedom in Christ, I can tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ freed me from perfectionism and drivenness. Wow. Uh, to this day, it's still the the thing that the devil tries to use in my life to derail me. But um, the Lord has dealt with it in my life at such a strong level that I can take the thoughts captive uh, right as soon as they uh, come into my mind and deal with them in an appropriate faith-filled way and not have to concern myself with it. So these days, praise the Lord, these days— I can preach a message or messages on a Sunday morning. I can, at the conclusion of my Sunday morning, uh, turn the spiritual fruit of, the, of the, the deliverance of those messages over to the Lord. And I can walk to my vehicle on an early Sunday afternoon and just trust that God is going to use it however he wants and wow. go about my day, enjoy my relationships with my wife and my kids and others and not concern myself with it. And, um, and so, uh, it's just been such a blessing to not be so entrenched in the stronghold of perfectionism and drivenness anymore. Wow. And, uh, I think many leaders that resonates in heart and mind of many listeners that are listening in because that, I think we want affirmation and, um, and we, and I think that that's driving for perfection, um, and it can, it can trap dresses. So thank you for being transparent and thank you for sharing, uh, how it has impacted you personally. Um, yeah, I really, really appreciate that. As I was looking through the resources, um, I saw a course entitled free to lead. Um, can, can you share what, what that course is about and maybe how it could be, valuable to somebody serving in a missions context. Yes, of course. I absolutely love Free to Lead. Actually, I just completed going through the course with a group of guys last week. We went through the final session last week, so it's fresh on my mind. Yeah. Um, 
Free to Lead was put together by a pastor and experienced practitioner in the UK named Rod Woods, as well as the International Director of Freedom in Christ Ministries, Steve Goss. Um, it's a resource tool that we provide for Christian leaders who want to grow in a healthy, want to grow in the area of healthy and fruitful leadership. And the big idea for Free to Lead is that leadership is an adventure and it is hard but it is very much needed in our world today. And the premise of it is that we believe that Christian leaders have a great leadership advantage because the greatest leader who ever lived now lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can bring his power and his presence into people systems that desperately need him and his leadership. So in the course, there's a rather lengthy definition for leadership. I want you to hang on tight for this one. It is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, uh, but the, the uh, definition is uh, Christian leadership is the interactive relational process of influencing people and people systems toward beneficial outcomes through your identity, character, and calling in Christ using your God-given strengths and spiritual gifts, as well as your talents, skills, and knowledge. I think we can all realize at this point that that's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue quite like Maxwell <laughs> leadership influence, right? That's right. Leadership For sure. Influence. Um. <clears throat> listener, yeah, listeners are probably going to need to go back and listen to that <laughs> definition half a dozen times to fully appreciate it. But I will say this about the definition. Each part of it is so important. And when all the parts are put together and practiced within a people system, you will have something really special. It's critically important for leaders to understand that our doing what we do in ministry, what, what we do in whatever context we're in, it must flow directly from our being, from our identity. We can't avoid this truth. As Pete Scazzaro has correctly pointed out, God created us to be human beings, not human doings. Our doing in the form of leadership activity and competence is critically important, but it will always flow directly from our being in Christ and our ongoing character development. So under and understanding this is foundational. And so the key themes for personal growth as leaders then are to know who you are in Christ, to ruthlessly close any doors you've opened to the enemy through past sin, uh, that the, and then don't open it anymore. Um, to renew your mind to the truth of God's word, which is how we are transformed. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. And, and to work from a place of rest. I love this concept of working from a place of rest. And to be honest, uh, as a doer by nature uh, in, in my flesh and as a, a um, recovered perfectionist and one who was greatly driven early on in ministry, this idea of working from a place of rest is an oasis in my mind. Um, and and uh, the point is made in the course, and I'm sure that this point has been made by theologians and by commentators and Christian leaders for eons, but it 
this course was one of the first times that I had heard this, but it's an excellent point, and I want to pass it along. Just think about this, that, that Adam and Eve were created on day six. They were created by God on day six uh, of the creation narrative, and day seven was the Sabbath. It was a day of rest. Their first day on earth was a day of rest. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, so there, Adam and Eve's very first day on earth was a day of rest. And then they got to work as stewards of all God's creation. I just think that that's spectacular, that, that we as Christian leaders could and should, we ought to model that, that we are, that we are working from a place of rest. And so once, once we grasp these themes as Christian leaders— then we can begin to examine how healthy or unhealthy leaders can impact the people system and how healthy or unhealthy people systems can impact a Christian leader. We can begin to see how things like anxiety and trust and pitfalls in people and people systems impact the world around us. And then we can overcome them with the power and presence of God's leadership in us. So you asked how this course could be used in a missions context, and that's easy. Missionaries, all missionaries, there's, there's not a single missionary where this isn't the case. Missionaries live in people systems. And a people system is just a group of people with a connectedness from which its own identity and form emerge. So every people system will influence the behaviors of the people within them. By the very nature of their vocation and calling, missionaries want to positively impact the people system they are a part of. So it's important that missionaries remain spiritually healthy, that they remain free and fruitful in Jesus Christ, so that they can also lead the people group that they are a part of to freedom and fruitfulness in Jesus Christ. And I believe that Freed to Lead as a course is a helpful discipleship resource along these lines because it points out the realities of leadership, including the existence of anxiety, the importance of trust, and a sensitivity to personal pitfalls that we can all fall into. That's good. That's good. And then the idea of leading, how why do you think leaders specifically in the Christian leaders, we struggle with leading from that place of rest. Um, at least in my life, that's a, that's a struggle that I have. Um, I'm a doer, as you said, that's um, when I get anxious, I do. And so I'm learning that what a lot of my doing is out of anxiety um, rather than leading out of a place of rest. How have you seen that um, Seth in, in your life or maybe in other lives of other leaders growing in that leading out of a place of rest. And you said it's an oasis for you. How have you come to that from a perfectionist and a driven, driven perfectionist to finding that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, quote our founder, Dr. Neil E. T. Anderson here in, in a moment. This is going to sting for a lot of us. I think I, it certainly stings for me every once in a while but he, he has said um, that we won't always live out what we profess to believe, but we will always live out what we actually believe because wow. our behaviors 
our behaviors flow from our actual beliefs. And so here's 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 the an answer to your question. It's quite possible that a lot of us, and I've been there, I've been there many, many times. It's quite possible that a lot of us leaders don't really trust that God will do what only he can do <laughs> in a ministry context. That's right? Good. If we if we are if we are blowing like like just think about this, Aaron. If we are blowing through Sabbath days. If we're blowing through, uh, if we're if we're not willing to take holiday, if we're not willing to believe that God can work even when we aren't, then what do we actually believe about Him? And uh, that hurts. I know. I mean, I mean, it hurts <laughs> me to even say it. Uh, uh, but one thing that I have discovered, and Aaron, you're well aware of this. Uh, a couple years ago, year seventeen in professional ministry, I took my first sabbatical ever. And, um, and one of the things that I took away from that sabbatical is that I was going to do something in my, uh, in my everyday life that I had never done before. And that was, I was going to honor a Sabbath day. Uh, I was just going to, uh, take one day a week and make sure that on that day I wasn't working. I wasn't trying to get ahead in ministry. I wasn't trying to solve problems. I wasn't trying to put fires out. I wasn't checking email. I wasn't responding to emails. I wasn't taking calls and so on. And the reason is, is because um, I think that if we trust God in the promise and the blessing of a Sabbath day, I think if we trust him in that, we're going to find that uh, we're even more fruitful the other six days of the week primarily because uh, we honored him in that Sabbath. We actually trusted him to be at work even when we weren't. <laughs> and, um, and, and from a position of rest, we're in a better place mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to take on the challenges that the world system, our flesh, and the devil throws our direction. That's good. That's a good word. A good word. Seth, this kind of shift uh, just a little bit. Um, you talk in the, I think it was, there's a 10-week discipleship course, and there was a week that I, I noticed focused on the battle for our minds. Um, how do you, how do, well, how have you seen the, that the enemy comes and attacks us in our minds? And then how does freedom in Christ help us to renew our minds? Sure. Um, okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a thought here, and uh, and the thought is just this: um, we need to acknowledge that there's a spiritual reality. Uh, I, I think I think even as church leaders, as Christian leaders, as missionaries in the field, there are times, depending on um, where you're at with things and where you're position in the world and this that we can kind of be forgetful that there is a spiritual realm and that it is very active we have an enemy who is the father of lies he comes only to steal and kill and destroy we know that he prowls around like a roaring lion looking to uh, for someone to devour every pastor or christian leader ought to see themselves as a priority target of the enemy next uh, the primary means of attack by the enemy is to attack our thought life. I think many pastors, Christian leaders, and missionaries struggle with condemning thoughts. We struggle with condemning thoughts that the enemy is sowing in our direction. 
that 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 may be the hot spot condemning thoughts thoughts like i'm a failure i'm a hypocrite <laughs> what what christian leader has not thought this if people only knew the real me right yeah, i'm I'm, sure. I'm not good enough and yeah. so on so we are currently um, we are currently doing what we are doing because we desire to serve God and to serve him well. And the devil would love for us to think that we are failing miserably at that. He would love for us to grade our performance and then come to the conclusion that our real identity is that of failure with a capital F, that that's who we are, rather than God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. I think that's why understanding our identity in Jesus Christ is so foundational to our spiritual formation. Dr. Anderson has often said uh, or written, we can't conscientiously live in a way that is inconsistent with how we view ourselves. Uh, The moment that we believe the devil's lies in our thought lives about who we are, it won't be long before our behaviors follow. Uh, In this way, pastors and Christian leaders are probably no different than anyone else. We must believe that we are accepted, significant, and secure in Jesus Christ. When our beliefs are right, then then our thoughts and our behaviors will be right also. Uh, So as pastors and Christian leaders, we need to start with beliefs that we're loved by our Father, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that God will complete the work that he's begun in us at the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, We can't let the devil mess with our minds. Now, that is going to be where he wants to go. He wants to mess with our minds, whether it's a tempting thought or a condemning thought or the condemnation that the devil heaps on us after we give in to a tempting thought. Uh, the, The battle for the mind is a very real thing. And in the course that you referenced, we help people to understand that Satan's primary means of attack in our lives is deception. One uh, major misunderstanding, I think, Aaron, is that Satan's power is on par with God's. Uh, We we somehow fall into this uh, misunderstanding or this wrong thinking that Satan's power is on par with God's. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Satan is not all-knowing. He only knows what he and his legion of fallen angels have observed or what God has determined to make known to them. He's also not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at all times. So one thing that we can do is put, uh, one thing rather that he can do, one thing that he does do, I should say, is he puts thoughts in our heads uh, and and then he makes us think that they are our own. Uh, We saw this, we see this in the Bible. We saw it uh, with King David in 1 Chronicles 21 with the census. We see it in, in the life of Judas Iscariot in John chapter 13. We see it again with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. The most effective way for us to win the battle for the mind is simply to recognize immediately when it is happening and deal with it right then and there, rather than to let it hang out for a while. A tempting thought is not a sin. It's just a thought. It will ultimately become a sin if we let the thought hang around. Uh, so we, um, we like to bring forward this uh, passage of Scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, which reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, 
but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Excuse me. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. In our ministry, we're quick to point out that the enemy's attacks don't warrant a power encounter type response from us. Uh, We really don't need to even get into power encounters with the devil. There's just no need for it. Uh, All we need to do is turn to truth. It's a truth encounter. And the truth of God's word is on the believer's side. The truth of God's word is on our side. So this is really essentially what Paul taught the Philippians to do. He said, hey, do this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's how we win the battle for our minds. Good word. Good word and a challenging word. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Seth, I've taken more of your time than I asked for already. But um, as you look to the future, um, you've, you've alluded to the transition that, that you're in the process of going. As you look to the future, what's something you're excited about? Yeah, well, um, as, a, as a church leader, uh, what I observe, even in my own church, is uh, that as much as people are growing in the Lord, and they are, and people are growing in the Lord all over the world. Uh, I, I see it. I believe it. Uh, I, I praise God for it. Uh, but sometimes as a leader, I wonder if it's happening at a glacial speed, you know, like, <laughs> like, 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 as I read through uh, the scriptures and God's promises, I just wonder if it could be happening at a, a, a much more efficient and much more effective uh, uh, speed and power than, than it is. And, and so um, what I'm excited about is uh, coming alongside church leaders, missionaries, uh, churches uh, 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 across our country and around the globe, and uh, just providing um, some, some simple uh, discipleship practi- practices and principles straight from the Bible that, uh, that really help them to, to grow at a rate uh, that uh, aligns itself with the promises that we have in God's Word. I, I'm really excited about that. We're seeing that here at Southridge, here locally. Um, there are people um, applying these biblical principles and practices to their lives, and they're, and, and, they're, and they're saying out loud things like, man, I have been a Christian for 20 years and I have allowed myself to be hindered in my relationship with God, my relationships with others, my own spiritual growth, simply because I didn't know these foundational principles. And um, I, as a pastor, I think, what do you mean? I've been talking about it for 20 years. <laughs> but, but, uh, but the reality is, is that sometimes, sometimes it is like that for us and like that for us all. And, uh, and so what I'm most excited about is, uh, uh, is, is a, a movement of, of disciples of Jesus Christ who no longer need to be spoon fed by their spiritual leaders because they are free and fruitful in Jesus Christ and they can contribute then in a powerful way to the growth of the body of Christ and transformation really all around the world. Uh, so that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, really. 
That's exciting. That's exciting. Hey, uh, Seth, will you pray for us? We end the podcast in prayer. And um, I'll put in the show notes for those who would um, be interested in the resources, the website, and we'll put that in the show notes. But um, will you pray for us that God will use what you've shared with us today, not just as head knowledge, uh, but that we'll put it in uh, application in our hearts and lives um, even today? Sure. Yeah, Abba Father, thank you, Lord, so very much for this opportunity to just talk about things that really matter to you, uh, Lord. We're so very, very grateful for this uh, truth that, uh, therefore, when we are in Christ, we are brand new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. Uh, Lord, there is therefore now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, we are accepted. We are significant and we are secure in our Savior. And uh, Lord, that makes a huge difference when it goes to when when it comes to um uh, going about our Christian lives in ways that are fruitful. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would all come to experience our freedom in Jesus Christ. Uh, it is for freedom that he has set us free so that we can uh, go about our lives in very fruitful ways for you as well. I, I pray this for all of the listeners. And uh, Lord, I pray this um, as we move forward from here today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 